All right, and welcome to My Body, My Choice, My Voice. I'm Kelsey, and I'm so excited because I have Adrienne here with me today. She's Hello. A, <laughs> she's a political science major. And yeah, so to start us off, Adrienne, tell us why you care about women's reproductive health. Uh, so I care about women's reproductive health because I'm a woman, and I care a lot about my health, and it's been... A big part of my life and understanding my identity and how I take care of myself and I think it's very important to um, have that be in conversation with my friends and people around me and my my lawmakers who um, <clears throat> are responsible to me and uh, making sure that it's a normal subject for women to feel comfortable to talk about. That's awesome. Cool. So tell us where you're from and where you got most of your education. So I'm from a small suburb near Portland, Oregon. Um, it's pretty, um, I guess, like pretty conservative, like no one was too crazy. Um, and so I, I was trying to think about this before the podcast, like trying to remember if I had any like sex ed in, in um, my health class. And I think I must have had like one day and they probably like did the like condom thing. They like had took it out and, like, put it on, like, mm-hmm. a cucumber or something, like, <laughs> what you see in movies, but, like, I really don't ever remember that being that much of an effect on me, um, and then I think, like, probably pediatrician, <laughs> like, would say some stuff about as far as, like, I don't know, um, getting your period and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and, like, um, and that was how I kind of, like, found out about that, but most of it was, like, word of mouth, definitely, like, yeah. as far as, like, friends of, like, when you have sex for the first time and then like whoever else is also and you're like hey what are you doing with this because like I really don't know what to do Mm -hmm. so that's really where most of it was from yeah that's good did you grow up in a religious family at all no not really and so there was never like that much stuff with it in terms of that but like my parents were very much like didn't really um didn't really want to talk about it too much I don't know I guess they must have given me like a sex talk but also it wasn't like a big thing not too in-depth yeah 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 do you think like the education you got as a like as a child has differed to the education you're getting now about these things yeah yeah because it was generally all like uh like hush hush kind of or like just kind of Mm -hmm. the minimum amount that you needed to know and it wasn't Um, as informative as I think um, information now that's like out there um, is so Mm yeah interesting do you think that having a non-religious background has like shaped your perceptions at all like do you think it would have been different if you grew up in a more like tight strict religious yeah yeah probably and I had like friends where it was more of a concern there and there was like definitely I think a lot of our friends had like different ranges of like how much their parents knew because there's always like that one like family who's like super cool about it and like lots of women come over all the time and stuff and like definitely some um, other people I knew who like um, it was definitely a lot more like shameful to like have that be um, brought up in conversation Mm -hmm. so yeah did you ever talk about birth control with your family? Um, not until, like, uh, until later. And, like, now it's, like, pretty out in the open, where, especially with my mom, we talk about it sometimes. My, with my dad, is just kind of, like, he tries to be cool about it, but doesn't talk. Um, but the first time, I don't know if you, like, the first time I went to um, Planned Parenthood, I was 15, and that was, like, without um, my parents' mm-hmm. um, knowledge. And I just went with my friend, and it was super, super scary. And I remember sitting in the... Um, parking lot and just being like, I don't want to do this. It was very, um, like, very, very dramatic and um, silly, but the Planned Parenthood people were, like, so cool about it. Like, I just, I will, like, never forget, like, how they just, like, walk me through these questions of, like, are you in a consensual relationship? And, like, are you, like, 
are you do you feel pressured to do this mm-hmm. and like and your parents don't know about that that's all right like here's the information that we have for you and we're like really great about that so mm-hmm. um wait so the question was <laughs> so the first time yeah did my you, parents didn't know did you go to Planned Parenthood for birth control or for another related reason yeah it was for birth control the first time and I like had just like literally googled like what the different kinds of birth control were mm-hmm. ahead of time and like that was pretty much it I knew my friend um had an IUD at that time um and I was like really really scared about that and didn't want to um do it and I ended up getting the shot and like she walked me through like what the effects were and everything and mm-hmm. then like explained to me all the different options was like very very patient and I was like uh, like really freaking out so <laughs> she was a uh, an angel <laughs> and helped mm-hmm. me so much uh but yeah it was for birth control um did you did they tell you about the shot first or did they give you all of the options and make you think about it yeah they definitely gave me all the options and I know like the pill at that time was definitely probably the most popular mm-hmm. but that was something that I knew that like I would have to have the pill out all the time and like remember to take it I'm very forgetful and then also like my parents would probably mm-hmm. know if I was taking a pill daily um and I was still living at home with them so mm-hmm. so uh, they recommended the shot for you because you didn't want to have remember yeah they like showed me that Mm -hmm. that was another option um and they try to like let you know about like all the side effects and stuff and that's something that i think is like um pretty particular about women's health reproductive health for some reason is that there's so many side effects and um that are very like vague like they're like oh 20 percent of women like get really awful periods and like mm-hmm. or like there's a 10% chance that you will like what well, I now have an IUD so I'm kind of all over the place but I n- now have an IUD and they told me that like there's a 10% chance that like your body's gonna like reject it after a month and it's gonna be super painful mm-hmm. and awful and it's like very um uh yeah kind of up in the air about that stuff and um I don't know if that's like a lack of like scientific research based off of it or mm-hmm. what but it's hard to make decisions um, how long were you on the shot, and then when did you switch to an IUD? So I was, I think I had the shot for a couple months. I like it, like it goes for like three months, and so I just did that. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct, but yeah, it was it was just that one time because I did start feeling like um, my periods got a little bit worse, but I mostly just like was way more emotional and like started gaining weight and didn't really connect it for a long time that it was connected to that until. Um, all of a sudden one day I was like hold on <laughs> this is a this big thing that I did and like now I'm like having all these effects but um so then I stopped doing that for a while and just was not on any birth control for um a good amount of time and was mm-hmm. just using condoms which is not good <laughs> um and then I uh it was like around when I was like 18 now um and my parents uh knew um I've been with the same person for a long time and so they knew that we were having sex and said that um, I could go see like the gynecologist and we I have now have the um, Marina IUD. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that's been effective for you? Like you haven't had any huge issues with that? Yes, I've I've really liked it, and I know a lot of other people have had like difficulties. Like I've heard people who like did have to have it like removed like within like a month or something um, mm-hmm. because of just like a lot of pain. But um, for me, it was just like really uncomfortable putting it in. I've never had that. Um, that kind of sensation before, I guess. Um, but uh, now I really, I don't get periods anymore, which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And haven't had, like, yeah, super severe, like, mood swings because of it. So mm-hmm. it works for me. But So for you, is birth control primary just not for pre- uh, pregnancy prevention? Or was it for any other reason? Yeah, it was. it's mostly pregnancy prevention, mm-hmm. yeah. But 
do you think most people you know use it for pregnancy prevention or for other reasons? I think probably the majority, but I know a lot of people also that are use mm-hmm. it for like skincare. Like a lot of my friends in high school, yeah, like started uh, taking the pill for skincare as like just mm-hmm. a very normal option, and so yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how many birth control methods can you name at the top of your head? I, I, I feel like a lot. Okay, the pill, the shot, the IUD, um, the, like, cup. Wait, does that count? The, like, mm-hmm. women's menstrual cups? Uh, wait, no. Oh, wait, no. No. The, wait, there's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, a, there's a cup, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Diaphragm. diaphragm. A diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I totally know so many more. Oh, there's a patch, right? There's, yeah. Like, a, like, the smoking one. Um... Like this, this is a similar idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, I think that's all. That's pretty good. There's more than that, but that was pretty good. <laughs> I just like to see how yeah. how many people can think of because yeah. there's so many, mm-hmm. um, and you can find more online too, and you can kind of compare what works better for you. So I think it's interesting which ones come up the most. And obviously, I think the pill it comes up the most because I think. That's probably the most frequently used. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, IUD and all that, too. So, yeah, when accessing birth control, did you feel like you had control in making those decisions? Or do you feel like, like, do you, did you feel like it was an autonomous, autonomous decision for yourself? Yeah, yeah, to an extent. I mean, yeah, when I was 15, I mean, Planned Parenthood really did make me feel like I was capable of making these decisions on my own. And, mm-hmm. like, I mean, they were there to make sure that I wasn't, like, pressured into this by like some bad boyfriend or something and like made me feel like I it like they weren't like pushing it on me or something to like you know get money or whatever Mm -hmm. um uh, and then yeah and then so that was really nice and my parents have been like I I'm like lucky to come from parents who or to have parents who um have really um made that a priority for me and like have showed me that that is something that I can handle um it's just something that I have to handle you know so in that way I guess it's like always going to be like this source of stress for me so maybe that's not like 100% autonomous Mm -hmm. so So you feel like you never had any pressure from like someone in a relationship with or just anyone else in your life yeah I mean yeah I know that's one like one of the questions is like dealing with that in relationships is like mm-hmm. I feel like I've been again like in a long distance long term relationship that um like feel like very equally respected and like mm-hmm. supported and all of that but at the same time like I at the end of the day like I'm the one who like it is my body and so I'm like so involved in these decisions and this choice mm-hmm. and this responsibility that like I don't think that's something I could ever convey to a partner you know because mm-hmm. it's just not like, for men, it's, like, I don't know. Like, I remember there was this one time where I was, like, telling my boyfriend that I was, like, uh, I was, like, probably really early on. So we were, like, <laughs> both really young. And, like, I was, like, I don't know. I haven't got my period in a long time. And he started, like, really worrying. And it was, like, I like I just couldn't. I was almost a little bit irritated because it was, like, this is something that I worry about almost every month. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's just constantly, like, okay, did I get my period yet? And I just would remember, like, laying in bed at night just like oh my gosh like what am I gonna do I'm 100% sure I'm pregnant you know and like and just every time like having it be so much like I would just bear that like mm-hmm. responsibility right. so strong did so. you feel like you have to, like you are more responsible for birth control than your partner absolutely yeah yeah and like yeah I mean because there's yeah there's never really a question of like anything else and and like he has like come with me to Planned Parenthood sometimes and like that's been great but it's always like I don't know. Like, it's, yeah. at the end of the day, it's me. And I don't know how much of that is, like, you can't get out of that, like, because of biology. But, um, 
yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah I've always felt like it's yeah. it's so much more in um, invested in me do you think that's <clears throat> a pretty common experience for women that most women feel that responsibility when they're in like active sexual relationships yeah definitely and it that's yeah again I don't know how much of it is like yeah it's just unfortunate because women can get pregnant and mm-hmm. men can't but like I really think that it's also part of the structure of society to make it um, so much a part of women's responsibility and like so much so that it's like you shouldn't you you should bear that responsibility like silently you know like you should just mm. that should just be yeah what you have already brought like you're already safe when you enter like a sexual relationship like you already have to take care of that you mm-hmm. know and then like that is kind of like a side thing like again yeah maybe if you're in like a long-term relationship that you would talk about together but like if it was just like women are supposed to be yeah taking care of that already on the side and so like men like that's just mm-hmm. not a concern if like especially if you're just like hooking up with someone or something at a party mm-hmm. do you think that it should be a conversation that should be had with everyone even if it is a new relationship which might be harder for a lot of people when maybe you don't feel comfortable talking about these things but you know I think it should probably be like of equal concern especially if neither of you want to be a parent right exactly Yeah. yeah and it's like I feel like for men it's so assumed like of course I don't want to be like (laughs) but you should just that should yeah that should absolutely be a part of the conversation it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. like even an uncomfortable thing because it's like if there are two people like yeah at the end of the day yeah only women can get pregnant but like both of you were having sex and both of you Mm -hmm. want to do this and so therefore there's just a part of it that needs to be talked about and yeah I mean Mm -hmm. if the man can't take like I mean I know like there are are some is some like research into um, male birth control, mm-hmm. but like at the very least, there has to be like complete emotional support and to the effect that it's not just like neutral, like oh if she brings it up, I won't be weird about it. But it's like that's just like the baseline, you know. Mm-hmm. Like beyond that, you should like mm-hmm. ask her first, like you know, is there anything I can do? Like, do you need any help with this? Mm-hmm. Do you need financial support with this? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I feel like communication aspects of things like that should be taught in school which yes yeah which like it's obviously not the easiest thing to teach because Mm -hmm. everyone communicates so differently but I think at least bringing up the fact that it's something that should be talked about and not silenced because I think when people are silenced that's when problems arise yeah like men should like boys like when they're in like if you take girls aside and like talk to them about birth control that should not be a girl subject that should be everyone because Mm -hmm. everyone's gonna have sex and so therefore and no, sorry, I don't guess what I'm asking. People have for sex. People who for people to. who decide to have sex, there's going to be both two sides of that, you know? And so both sides need to be involved in taking care of making sure you don't have a baby because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, nice. From the beginning. So related to education, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, should we teach consent? Should we talk about consent? Um, especially if you're going to be in a sexual relationship or not. And so do you think that the general public understands the difference between, you know, consent um, and misconduct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, like, a super, super, super important topic right now, and I'm really glad that there is. it's been so talked about, and I think it's really important that, like, we don't handle this incorrectly because I think it's really important for future women to, like, hear it as strongly as possible but I think like I've uh, been thinking about it in terms of like moving no means no to like yes means yes and like understanding what enthusiastic consistent consent is you Mm -hmm. know and like just the way that the way that 
men are taught from the beginning that like if you're mean to a girl or like girls are even taught yeah if, if a boy's mean to you that like it means he likes you, you yeah. yeah and like little things and like you kind of hear like and I remember in middle school like girls would just be like stop it stop it you know and like mm-hmm. that's nothing that means nothing mm-hmm. like it, it means if anything keep going and I think that not that girls are like to blame because of that because it's it's how you're raised but like girls are are like Im- complicit in like maintaining this um this kind of structure in which like your words don't mean anything to you mm-hmm. like don't mean anything to the, the man and he's not even thinking about that and especially in a situation in which he is like physically aroused he's not gonna like you I don't know there's um a lot of um blame that that's then put on um the woman in that case and um, I think a lot about the Aziz Ansari case because um, I think mm, yeah. that was a really good example of like where a lot of men looked at that situation and were like there's nothing wrong with this at all like I mean he just this woman should have gotten out of there it was on her and all this stuff and it's like well there was so many different parts within the night where she like was like I don't feel comfortable with this and then he was like okay okay let's just do this you know and mm-hmm. then we would just keep escalating this and I think that's I've seen that, like, had experiences that are similar to mm-hmm. that, and I know so many women who've had experiences that are similar. Yeah, like, sometimes no isn't always, like, no, like, get out of my yeah, face. Sometimes yeah. it's just, like, an uncomfortable I don't know, yeah. like, a confusion. Yeah. But that itself already means no if they're not already, like, really into exactly. it. You know? And I think that human beings know that. Like, yeah. I think the tr- to treat, like, men that they don't recognize those signs is, like, really silly because it's, like... Everyone knows, like, <laughs> everyone knows mm-hmm. that, like, there's certain things in body language, like, everyone can read that, and, like, to to put it on the woman to, like, need it to be super explicit is, like, absolutely ridiculous to me, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Do you think it's common that we tend to put the blame on women in situations like that more than men? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, just because... Yeah, men are seen as more... Again, yeah, I think I even said this earlier, like, oh, if they're physically aroused, then they're, like, in a different state where they can't, or they're, mm-hmm. like, less likely to see that. But, again, I don't think that's... I mean, that's not really mm-hmm. big of a... Everyone is, like, capable of understanding that, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Do you think it matters what a woman is wearing and that matters about consent? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that it feels really good to look good and it feels like it boosts your confidence mm-hmm. and it does not necessarily have anything to do with the guy. Sometimes it does and sometimes it feels really good when like you know that you look hot and that people think you're hot, but that that's that's mm-hmm. it, you know? Like I think that that should just be one step and then like the further, like some guys like says you look good and you're like wow thank you and then like oh that's affirmation and then you like continually just check you move on yeah, yeah yeah or you can stop there or like yeah. you know like just i don't know yeah there's yeah. just it's this whole process and there and no part of it does this woman owe you for anything yeah in the news they're always like well she was asking for mm-hmm. it because look at these x and x pictures mm-hmm. where she's mm-hmm. wearing this right but it's like just because she's wearing that doesn't mean she's asking for anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, because that's just like providing the idea that women just physically just exist for men. Like their mm-hmm. their beauty is just in a game to like attract a man, and that's so lame. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think conversations like these have made you concerned for yourself or for anyone else you know? I mean conversations like. like a- about consent in the U.S., like, the the popular conversation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, and I think, like, yeah, just, like, when you talk about it with your friends of, like, oh, this really sleazy guy, like, did this or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, that sucks, and, like, in their heads, like, everyone knows, like, or has had, like, a similar 
um, instance of that. And so, like, just the, like, huge prevalence of it in, like, mm-hmm. so many people is, like, that's, yeah, it does make me really scared of, like, um, just, just, and then, because, and then, like, everyone will just be, like, wow, that sucks, and, like, kind of move on from it, you know? And, like, there's no real way to um, hold people accountable without feeling like you're, you're being a brat or being like mm-hmm. <laughs> a bitch or something you know yeah and there's so many implications with that too and that kind of brings me to thinking about abortion laws and how mm-hmm. you know there's so many different instances why so a woman would want to get an abortion mm-hmm. whether that's a case of rape but it could just be because she wants to mm-hmm. and I think there's so many different reasons why one would want to so do you think that procedures like abortions are still stigmatized and do you think or do you think the general public is much more open about abortion I think yeah probably they're more open but I would definitely say it's still stigmatized and um, I mean there's certain like states where the people live in where they cannot get abortions and mm-hmm. like part of that is like oh states rights but it's like if there's this poor woman who like literally poor woman who like can't um, cannot drive <laughs> out of states yeah. to get an abortion or like you know would face consequences from her partner if she did that like that is not that's not okay then it's not equal access for everyone you know mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean i myself feel like stigmatized about it it's not something that's like great and happy to talk about but mm-hmm. it's something that and it's something that i take very seriously you know and understand but like have had conversations with myself where like again i get to this point of like working myself up of like oh my gosh my period whatever that where like you've had to face that question of like would I do it and and thinking about like the consequences of doing it of like who would stick by you and all this stuff and it's just so like it's so scary and I think Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely still something that a lot of people do not feel safe not only to talk about but definitely to like consider seriously Mm -hmm. like you're saying like there's so many emotional implications of even just the thought of that Mm -hmm. so you know it's such a process but I think there still should be options for everyone but you know, there's still, like, state laws versus, like, federal law. And technically, mm-hmm. federally, abortion is legal. Mm-hmm. But each state has their own weird regulations right. about abortion clinics um, or whether one can even open or how doctors are allowed to treat their patients with things like that. So do you think it, if it is, like, technically, legally, federally, that it should be legal in all states despite state regulation? I just think if it's legal federally, then, like, everyone should be able to have access to it because it is a legal right that they have. And mm-hmm. so if, like, there are situations where people can't, then, like, that's the federal law not doing its job. And Yeah. 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 And that, you know, brings me, because there are a lot of women, especially if you're in the middle of the country and you need an abortion, but you might not have access to it nearby, or maybe you don't have money to mm-hmm. travel or you can't leave work because yeah, it just right, isn't right. possible for you economically to not work or to leave. Mm-hmm. And so... Do you think there's a direct tie in terms of economic freedom and reproductive freedom? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. Because a lot of the stuff is, like, especially with what Trump is doing with um, with reproductive health. Like, I mean, that was one of the first ways. Like, I'm very privileged in a lot of areas of my life. But, like, definitely one of the first ways that I've specifically, personally felt, like, Trump's um, impact on my life was, like, realizing they can't, like, go to the gynecologist because of, like, I don't know, a simple checkup. Like, it had to be something more serious and then like a lot of my insurance now doesn't cover Mm -hmm. um getting my id and when it did uh when i first got it two years ago um but um yeah stuff like that where like i am definitely in a much better position Mm -hmm. to like if i needed it get 
pretty much the full extent of reproductive health rights and not just like birth control but like mm-hmm. <laughs> again like breast checkups and stuff like yeah. that so yeah just anything and yeah. healthcare is a huge thing but people don't realize you know they talk about it as if healthcare is such a large blanket term but mm-hmm. there's so many subgroups and women's reproductive health tends to be put in a separate group yeah and so extra actually like an yeah, extra yeah, thing yeah. as if it's not just mm-hmm. all health mm-hmm. Um, and that's why there are a lot of insurance plans even that don't cover birth control, mm. especially with new laws where they have to change it. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And I feel like if people like if they people have this like misconception that like if you offer all these options for like birth control, that like women are going to like treat it like less seriously or something, mm-hmm. you know, like or like I feel like if it's like the worry of like normalizing it is that like people will just like want to get abortions all the time and it's like that is not true like I don't don't know anyone who's like I really like (laughs) whatever it doesn't matter like I'll just get an abortion later like that's definitely not the Mm -hmm. I've never heard that I don't think anyone wants to exactly if you get pregnant and you're in a situation where a you just don't want to be a parent or you can't provide for yourself or there's no one else to support you you just do it and that is you're right yeah (laughs) it's usually just circumstance or you just don't Mm want to be a parent Mm -hmm. But I don't think anyone's like, oh, I hope I get an abortion one day. Like, it's, you know, it's a hard thing. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if someone doesn't want to be a parent or there might be health concerns if they do get pregnant Mm -hmm. where they might hurt themselves, there's so many reasons why abortion should exist. Um, Do you think that with this, that the public health care system tends to have a fractured view on women's health care needs? Like, we still don't really give it as much value or concern as other health needs yes definitely yeah I think it's definitely seen as something that like I mean it's like this like the paradox of like it's it's treated as something extra that women should take care of on their own and like not bring into the public whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) um sphere but then also yeah it should be something that like is not talked about at all so like Mm -hmm. not only do you have to take care of it on your own time but you can't you can't take any of any of that like emotional or physical like stress that it causes and to and talk about it in any other um, way. So I don't think yeah the healthcare system is set up for like yeah the equality of knowing that like women's yeah like this the uh, saying like women's healthcare issues are like healthcare issues mm-hmm. or women's issues are are human issues. So mm-hmm. yeah. do you think that even the topic itself of of women's health health has been given the attention it deserves just as a conversation no <laughs> I think I think I mean I think definitely in the most recent um months especially maybe even a couple of years it's definitely um been get gotten so much bigger and with these um uh women's marches and mm-hmm. just like the um I think people are realizing how good Planned Parenthood is and how much it does offer for so many people um so I like don't want to like belittle like that growth mm-hmm. but yeah I don't think that I just don't think that when a like a man hears like talk about this stuff, even if he's super woke and super liberal, like he's still like this is this is when it's like ultimately not concerning me, mm-hmm. and it's just it's like yeah yes it is because you have, you know sisters and and mothers and, and even girlfriends if, like, and even yeah, if it doesn't yeah, it should be something connected, that <laughs> like, you're still a human being yeah and, this know. fellow citizen right here is like this is something that's like concerning her and therefore it should be also concerning you. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of the attention, as you were saying, has been because of fear, like, say, within Trump getting elected, that suddenly maybe it's more of a conversation because people are realizing how Mm -hmm. much it could change or get worse 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think the the yeah, like again, like I was saying, like there's been real things that have happened um, to the reproductive health care system um, and women's health issues is like definitely um, taken blows because of like as a direct result of his administration. But then also I think that like it has been saying like this movement movement's been going on for a long time and right. it's not just Trump that like. I think it's just the irony of it really sucks. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy because I think the first abortion clinic in the United States opened like 100 years ago or something, Mm. which obviously in the broad spectrum of history isn't a long time, but it just seems like so long ago. Mm -hmm. And birth control didn't even exist until like the 60s, really, Mm -hmm. at least the pill. And And so I think we've come a long way. Like you were saying, like, it's much better now, but it's still getting scarier with the administration and yeah. things changing because it's kind of like we're going back in history instead yeah. of moving forward. Yeah, I just, I really honestly don't understand why there's so much pushback. Yeah, like when you say like it's mm-hmm. been a hundred years yeah. and people are still like, abortion is still so hated by so many and like just like fundamental beliefs that women, yeah, that women are like sluts or whatever for wanting to go to Planned Parenthood and mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just I think it shows like how threatening it is to have like, um, especially like the what Americans understand to be the traditional like women's roles of like how threatening yeah. how threatened America is yeah. by that by like the challenging of that and not even like destroying it you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> having that be an option but just broadening it and like mm-hmm. showing women what they can do and like I think there are a lot of very powerful like economically powerful and politically powerful socially powerful people and groups that are like trying to protect that from happening mm-hmm. because it would hurt them. Yeah, <laughs> so. you were saying like traditional women's roles mm-hmm. and that makes me think about how, you know, for a long time like the role of a woman is like the mother, the wife mm-hmm. or like the cleaner of the household, mm-hmm. like some weird like niche role. Um do you think that in some ways a lot of people still see women as this and that kind of affects their view on reproductive health because they see you know women as like the bearers of children and a lot of this has to do with like religion even or just like Mm -hmm. virginal aspects of a woman and how that should be maintained like you are this like precious virgin Mm -hmm. and should not be sexually active for your enjoyment yes (laughs) yes I definitely think so and just like the way that women's lives are structured and like how we tell women when they should get married and all this stuff and like haven't you got married yet because their one really goal here is to produce offspring for our family you know Mm -hmm. and like crazy things with handmaiden's tale and all that stuff but like um and I think that stuff is still so prevalent even if like a lot of a lot of women are like um, focusing much more on their careers and like ma- making sure they you know either have a solid career before they have children or just like having that be their life and mm-hmm. not having children and that's great <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, you know we should not um, have that pressure anymore but yeah I do think that um, seeing women as like a protective case for the child is <laughs> what's that Frank Ocean song sorry <laughs> it's good to see. just a container for the child sorry Anyways, <laughs> good good reference. Good, good <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Try I'm to sure, get one in there. <laughs> I'm sure our audience will love it. Um, so with that, what do you think is the media's role in improving women's health? Uh, talking about it, so like, your podcast is <laughs> a good step forward of like yeah, just like um, normalizing it, so it doesn't have to be um, just finding out about it through uh, word of mouth and your friends and. 
um, yeah, just supporting supporting women whenever they feel the need to talk about this kinds of mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you think they could do differently? Like say with even just the content in like articles, for instance, or the headline or the use of language. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, just how they talk about talk about women. I think I think the media definitely does. Like, I mean the handling of the Me Too movement has been a little bit strange. And so the way that they yeah, can better put women first in this and then not I just think there's and especially in media and like how you sensationalize this stuff is like a um, aspect of not believing the woman's word first and thinking that she's just doing this for attention and stuff mm-hmm. and like um, I don't know I think there's like a responsibility that journalism has needs to have to like protect these people who like coming forward is so much of an emotional stress for and so like helping mm-hmm. helping protect women's voices and like not questioning yeah. them I think is something that the media yeah. could do better at yeah that's really good not questioning like a woman's validity when she's saying that because yeah. I don't think most women want attention on themselves for mm-hmm. that reason exactly yeah and so I no don't think anyone seeking, yeah. anyone would come out and say that without yeah. it being valid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna start to wrap it up a little mm-hmm. bit I think it's been super great to talk to you but I want to ask you know do you have any advice for anybody out there just when it comes to dealing with healthcare providers or just any reproductive issues go to Planned Parenthood <laughs> um if uh yeah it's been it's been so nice for me and it's so easy to navigate honestly and like people are um so sweet there talk to your friends if you can't talk to your family talk to your family if you can um yeah I think just talking about it more talking with the with the with your partner as much as possible and like um I know I'm gonna go home and do that (laughs) or just just like just making sure that yeah your voice is being heard in all of this and I think that we're kind of taught over time to like be small and make our these especially issues that are like specifically concerning us or specifically concerning our bodies and like trying to like just make them like a small thing that like you know you don't need to really make a big deal about and then like just just really fighting that urge to like um yeah to make yourself small and make yourself big (laughs) and get the help you need yeah because Planned Parenthood is um and so many other uh, resources similar to that um are really really um doing great work and are there for for women awesome yeah and as she said you can visit plannedparenthood.org or go inside your local one and talk to them and yeah if you're interested in taking political action as we were talking about i think it's super important you know to write your senator and your congressman and you can visit senate.gov it tells you directly how to do that if you don't already know and yeah if you have any questions comments or concerns about anything adrian and i and I talked about today, please feel free to reach out to us. And thanks for listening. And thanks for being here, Adrian. Of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs>